Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Welcome to MLB Injury Insight, a podcast from Fantrax and Fantrax HQ featuring doctor of physical therapy, Nick Savale, providing you all you need to know about injuries, player timelines, and more so that you can make informed decisions in your fantasy leagues. Now, here's your host, Dr. Nick Savale. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of MLB Injury Insight here with Nick Savali, physical therapist. We'll be talking about a, a few different injuries from players around the league, playing different positions, and with much different outlooks. we got a couple op- optimistic looks at a few players looking to get back into the game soon, and then a couple players later in the show that we're less optimistic about. Um, we'll start by saying that the beginning parts of the season can be very difficult managing your IL slots or your bench spots if you don't have IL slots. Uh, We're going to be talking today trying to help you make the best decisions of whether or not to keep a player, trade for a player, sell high, buy low, all the above. And we're going to start with Lucas Giolito who has a left abdominal injury. Very vague description uh, in just about every report that came out. But Lucas Giolito said himself it was an injury that is not a common baseball injury. So initially we think oblique, probably not the case here. Uh, There's a rectus abdominis muscle that runs down the front of the the abdomen. You might think of this as the muscles you see when you see someone with a six-pack. Now, the left side of the body in that rectus abdominis is something that would come into play as a right-handed pitcher goes from that outstretched right arm and starts making his way towards home plate. Those muscles are going to fire pretty aggressively and help the pitcher flex forward at the waist. Um, it's possible that this is the injury that is that they're talking about. He's continued throwing throughout this injury they haven't totally shut him down I'm guessing he's throwing without trunk rotation and he's probably just keeping the arm active Um, he's scheduled to be have been playing catch throughout the entire time on the 10-day IL and the expectation is that he might come back sometime at the end of April which is coming up soon Um, I wouldn't anticipate this to be a long-term concern for Giolito based on the minor nature at which they've addressed it just about this entire length of time since the injury happened. There's a few other muscles that may come into play. One of them is called the quadratus lumborum. It sits just above the left lateral side of the pelvis and same on the right, but it's a bit of a stretch to call that an abdominal muscle uh, based on the way that most people view it. It is a core muscle. It does help with the abdomen as far as bracing the body and moving the hips as they relate to the trunk Um, and if that is the injury I have a similar outlook at it too is with the rectus abdominis where it's something that as he comes back 
it's not something that should last as a long-term injury. This one might be one of those you could chalk up to just ramping up a little quicker than usual. He had a muscle strain. It's feeling fine, and they're just being a little bit more careful about it. So with Lucas Giolito, I don't drop him down my rankings at all. It stinks that you missed him for a few starts this week and maybe one going into next week. But other than that, I don't think there's any need to panic on Giolito. Two others who don't need panic are Mike Trout and Byron Buxton. They both had some scary injuries the last few days. Mike Trout being hit on the left hand. Byron Buxton sliding a little bit dangerously into second base and and seeing his right knee get a lot of flexion to it, a lot of bend. Um, Both players have come out with negative readings in their diagnostic imaging, which is good. We don't like positive readings. That means something bad's happened. Um, But the MRI on Trout's hand is clean, and he's probably going to sit a few days as the swelling in the hand goes down. It's very uncomfortable trying to swing with any type of swelling in your hand because there's not much room for that swelling to go other than in between your joints, and it it really makes the, the bones really stiff. So he'll probably take a few days, but this should be something that doesn't affect him long term and maybe he'll start wearing one of those batting gloves with the padding on it which Jackie Bradley Jr. used to wear and I'm a little surprised more people don't wear honestly with all the protection and equipment they've got uh Byron Buxton a little bit more complicated there they're expecting him to miss about a week which might lead them to retroactively throw him on the 10-day IL if he's not feeling great um he slid into second hard and he ended up really flexing that that right knee, and in other words, bending it. Bending is flexion and straightening is extension um, for the knee and for other joints, but as he slid into second, his momentum took him past the bag. His foot got stuck on the front of the bag, and his knee got to a pretty acute angle as far as the bend goes. And the knee is supposed to do that. It's not something that you have to really worry about that it did that motion. It's just the speed at which he was running and the rate at which he was decelerating as he hit the base. That can be something that is really pretty aggravating to the knee. Um, So they did not confirm what exactly was they saw in the MRI. Other than that, there was no structural damage. They didn't confirm if there was inflammation, which I'm sure there is. But It's probably something where he just has a lot of soreness around the knee, and he might have actually hyperextended uh, a ligament to a degree to the point where they want it to rest, and they just want to be very vague about what the injury is. If he ends up missing more than two weeks, which I know they said he won't, but if that is something that comes up, my guess is he probably had a bit of a hyperextension either to one of the ligaments in his knee or he really stretched out that patellar tendon that connects the kneecap to the shin, and it also connects the kneecap to the quad muscle. And uh, technically, you could argue that there's no structural damage if there's no tear, but I wouldn't be surprised if something got a little overstretched and it is now leading to knee instability. I really think they should consider DHing him at times, and I know that doesn't wouldn't change what would happen on the base paths, but they need this guy in the lineup if they want any chance of making the playoffs and making a run. And he's their most exciting player, so you want him on the field. But uh, 
We'll have to monitor the situation. The, the reports are extremely optimistic initially based on what we all saw and feared. He should be back on the field within the next 10 to 14 days, even conservatively. But we'll keep an eye on it and see how he responds when he gets back. Uh, now we're going to move, shift over to the, the less optimistic side of things. Um, it's really not a major jump. We're going on to Teoscar Hernandez, who had some core discomfort, and it turns out that it actually was an oblique injury on the left side. He went to the IL right away. So that's the negative side of things. The positive side is they don't sound too concerned about him missing too much time. Oblique injuries are very tricky because a grade one strain is the least, is the lowest intensity of strain. And that could be something that sidelines you for the minimum 10 day. And maybe he does that and comes back and, and everything's great. But just that one step up to a grade two strain can really make a big difference. And that's something we've seen a lot of in the past with George Springer spending a lot of time on the IL, his teammate out in Toronto, it's very possible that Teoscar Hernandez goes and starts ramping up again and experiences discomfort. This is one of those injuries where you cannot count on a set timeline because as you ramp up and you're maybe one or two days away, that's when you start swinging at full force and that is when you really test out the muscle. You know, running, if you have a leg injury, you can test that out on straight line running and gradually make your way into curving. And you can really test the limits based off of timing yourself from home to first or 60-yard dash or whatever. But it's much harder to make those incremental steps in a swing where you're firing your obliques that aggressively. Because how can you really statistically progress from a 50% swing to a 60% swing? That it's very hard to do. There's not really an increment that you can see as you're running or, or performing an action. There's no timer uh, unless you're able to count milliseconds as you're going through your swing. But it's very different from another injury like I used, for example, like running. So what it comes down to is you can't be extremely confident in a 10 to 15 day, 10 to 15 day timeline. This is one where you're not dropping him. Even if you don't have IL slots, you're storing him on your bench. And there's not really anything actionable here um, other than hold on to him and, and let's hope he gets back sooner rather than later. But uh, the, at any point, there could be a setback, so be careful with that. Uh, we're moving on to Casey Mize, a young pitcher for the Tigers, former number one pick. He He has an elbow sprain. And they've listed it as a medial collateral ligament sprain. Now, I don't know if the Tigers are trying to be sneaky here or what, why they use that terminology. Because in baseball, whether you are a trainer or a, a player or a fan, the term you think of is ulnar collateral ligament, UCL. Now, the medial collateral ligament is the same thing. It is an, a word that is interchangeable. The ulnar collateral ligament is called that because it is along your ulna, the medial bone in the forearm. So the other word for it is the medial collateral ligament. So I don't know if they said this just because they think people will be less scared by it, but you hear UCL sprain. That is usually like fire around the room. 
the SpongeBob meme where everyone's all the SpongeBob's are running around throwing the files away, everything's on fire. That is like when people freak out, and and rightfully so in a lot of cases because it leads to Tommy John. So again, medial collateral ligament is the ulnar collateral ligament, the UCL, the ligament that gets repaired with Tommy John surgery. They're playing it down as far as the intensity of this injury and the significance of it. They're they're saying he'll be further examined. He's not as sore as he was the day of his start. He's feeling much better. But we've heard that story before. You know, of course he's feeling better than the day he heard it. You know, I'm just, I'm very pessimistic about this, and I don't really like the fact that it seems like they're just hiding what's going on with the MCL and the UCL. It is just another way to say UCL. So, I don't know. Casey Mize is somebody people had surely heavily invested in, in Dynasty Leagues especially, and we might be dealing with something bigger here. Uh, it's going to take a little bit more as far as reports coming out of Tigers camp to know exactly, but I just want to make sure everyone knows that the, MC, the, the medial collateral ligament is the UCL, and this could be a serious injury. So we want to hope for the best, of course, for his sake as well. And uh, we'll have to monitor this one and see how he does as far as the timetable for coming back. Uh, And we're going to finish up with two more. We've got John Means of the Orioles, left-handed pitcher. He hit the 10-day IL. He also has a sprained left elbow. The reports didn't specifically say UCL, but that is usually what it is. And manager Brandon Hyde said this past Saturday... He is not going to be on the mound for a while. And that is vague, but usually will tell you enough. Um, he's probably droppable in most leagues other than long-term dynasty formats. Um, you might keep him around in a, a deep 15-team league if you're really hurting for starting pitching. But if you are limited in your IL slots and you have other people who you are hoping uh, are counting on returning in that position... He might be someone you consider dropping. And I was really excited to see him this year because they extended that Oriole Park uh, Camden Yards left field. And his fly ball rate is pretty high up there, so you want to see how he would do as a pitcher if he had a little bit more slack out in left field. Um, it's this is, this is a frustrating one because he's shown a lot of promise, but he's at least out for two months. He's on the 60-day IL now and he's got a sprained elbow, it could be something that we start thinking Tommy John surgery if that is the case and he's not showing signs of improvement over the next few weeks and months. So we'll keep our eye on that and update you the more we hear. And the last one is Alex Kirloff, Twins outfielder. He is one of the most exciting young hitters in the game to a lot of people, but he hasn't had much of a chance to break out because he has a wrist injury that keeps thrown, keeps rearing its head. He had surgery on it last year, and he's had pain with it this year as well. And it's something that really obviously can affect a swing if your wrist is not functioning at 100%. But it's really pretty troubling that he's had pain in that same wrist, and the MRI results show nothing different. Um, whenever I see that as a physical therapist someone's in pain, they get surgery, they go through the rehab, and then they're still in pain, and then they go get it checked out, and there's nothing apparently wrong, that become, 
<clears throat> excuse me, that becomes more confusing as to what you're going to do about it. Now, they did a cortisone injection to get rid of swelling, and they're hoping he can decrease the swelling and play through it, but you got to wonder if this means another inevitable surgery at some point because you're almost hoping to see something wrong in that MRI to say, oh, okay, this is what we can focus on. We have to work on this, but we've got nothing new from it. So um, they're hoping he's going to be able to see a significant decrease in that swelling and be able to play through it a little bit, but and he might be the type of player that if he really hits the IL again for a long period of time, people are going to start giving up on. And I would advise against that in the deeper leagues and the dynasty leagues because these are the type of guys that in a year from now or a year and a half from now, you're wondering, like, who dropped him as he breaks out? Um, it's trickier now because it is a wrist injury that they don't know what's going on. But if you have the luxury of holding on, to Kirilov for long-term value, his talent is there. And we got to just hope that based on the rehab and the imaging, they find out something that's going on, or maybe this cortisone injection really gets the swelling down, and that's all it was with swelling. Um, but I'm going to hope to see something change, whether it's mechanics, whether it is a rehab program, which we won't really hear about, but we want to. Something's got to change because it seems like the surgery didn't do 100% of what it was supposed to do. So, those last few means Kirilov, Casey Mize, even Teoscar will be things we keep updating you all on and um, getting tweets out there through Fantrax HQ and at Nico Siva One on Twitter. N I C O C I V A One, the number. And uh, we'll try to keep you updated as much as possible on these injuries. A lot of them were a little bit murky. We have to keep our ears open for updates. Um, but there you have it. If there's any other injury questions you have specifically, reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, check out all our Fantrax articles with great information from a lot of great writers. And we'll catch up soon. Everybody have a great day. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Hey, you hear that? That's what home field sounds like. It's how you know it's time to go for the win. Oh, look at that. What did we just see? Gambet DC is your home field advantage for sports betting. Bet from almost anywhere in DC with an easy to use app and convenient betting locations district-wide. Online, in-app, or in-person. Get the home field advantage with Gambet DC. Must be 18 or older to bet. Please play responsibly.